0: What we're going to be talking about are big decisions you know th- there are some decisions that you make in your life that totally change the trajectory of your life aren't there the, and and the scary thing is especially when you're younger m- my experience is I made a lot of those decisions not even knowing I was making those decisions I mean it's really kind of scary when you look back and you realize how close you were to, to going this way or, or that way and and so we're going to be talking about, about some of those decisions all throughout, all throughout Yes Weekend. And I want to give you just a little taste of that this morning because, because quite honestly, you don't stop making decisions once you're done being a teenager, right? You don't, you, you don't make all these decisions when, when, when you're 16, 17, 18 years old, and now, now that you're in your 40s and, and beyond, well, you know, all your decisions are made. No, you still make decisions Every single day, big decisions, decisions that are going to go with you for however many more days you have on this on this earth. And here's the thing. You're going to make decisions that are going to go with your children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren and generations that you will never, ever meet. They're going to be impacted because of decisions, big decisions that you're making at this very part at this very part of your life. So what I want us to do this morning is I just kind of, kind of want to whet your appetite for, <clears throat> for some of the things we're going to be talking about. All of these things. We'll expand a little bit more uh, during Yes Weekend next week. And, but, but I want to start off with, with what this is actually my assignment Friday night. I'm going to be speaking on Friday night, so I know you all want to be here especially for that. But, but, but what we're going to be talking about is do I live for God's glory? And this is, this is one of those foundational things of what on earth am I here for? I'm occupying space, I'm occupying time, but, but is there something beyond me? Because we live in this world, you know it and I know it, that, that says the world is all about you. It's all about you. And, and quite honestly, when we look at young people today, most, most people in the world today are raising their children. To believe that it really is all about them. Can I tell you, that is a lie of the devil that will ruin your life and your children's life. But for some reason, it's a lie that we really want to believe. Because you know what? I kind of like it. I kind of like the idea that it's about me. I kind of like the idea that it's about my sweet babies. But it's a lie. It's a lie that, that won't lead us where we want to go. See what it's really about? It's really about the glory of God. Ecclesi- Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. This is the whole of man. And so whatever you do with your life, you take it up and you, and you evaluate it by that standard. Am I fearing God? Am I keeping His commandments? Am I really living for God's glory? Is there anything about my life and what I'm doing with my life that has anything to do with God and His glory rather than Wes and His glory? Jesus would say it like this in Matthew chapter 5, and Jesus, Jesus is somebody who lived and died for the glory of, of the Heavenly Father. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and verse 16, He said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. People ought to be able to see the life that you're living and not say, Aren't you a wonderful person? You may be. But that's not what he wants them to see. They ought to be able to see the life that you're living, they ought to be able to see the life that, that a child of God is living and, and, and say praise god and a lot of that will have to do with whether or not we are pointing people to god or we are pointing people to ourselves through our lives so so big question number one will i live for the lord's glory big question number two this is going to be a mouthful who will i marry and we're asking that about, for young people, and a lot I mean, a lot of single young people. So if you're single, ask that question. If you say, well, I'm already married. Great day, man. Thank you, Lord. Right? But that doesn't mean this question isn't an important one because this isn't just a question about who you're going to marry. This is, question, this is a question about decisions that we're going to make about who we are going to invite into the innermost part of our life. Who are we going to allow and encourage to have influence over our life? Who are my closest friends going to be? Who 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 are, who am I going to have? Who am I going to allow to have the greatest influence in my life? Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter six. I won't read the whole thing because we're just getting a little bit tonight or th- 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 this morning. But Paul says, "Do not, do not, don't do it." Y'all know what that means? Don't do it. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers we say don't be joined together in that in that in that yoke why what 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 makes it what makes a bond unequal what fellowship hath righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness that's a very real question right and that doesn't mean you don't love people it doesn't mean you don't reach out to people it doesn't mean you don't evangelize people it means you don't bond yourself together You don't bond yourself together with unbelievers because that's a spiritually detrimental thing to do. It's a dangerous thing to do. What this is about, it's not about being kind and compassionate. It's about guarding your heart. It's about guarding your soul. The person that you choose to marry is going to have more influence over you than anybody else in the entire world the person that my son chooses to marry is going to have more influence over him than his sweet mother whether she likes it or not right that's a fact or at least and by the way if she doesn't there's something else wrong right you want that choose wisely these things matter and I know there are lots of people say, "Well, well, you know, I married someone and and it turned out okay or I, I can, those are exceptions. But by the way, I can give you biblical exceptions, right? I can give you biblical stories of people who chose horribly in regards to the people that they married, and it turned out to be a beautiful story. The entire book of Ruth, right is, is a beautiful exception because these guys they They married Moabite women. And nobody wants their son to marry a Moabite woman because everybody knows what kind of women Moabite women are. And if you don't, go back and read your Bible because they ain't good. Well, it's a pretty beautiful story. But I want to tell you that's the exception. That's the exception. And for for, 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 for for every one of those exceptions, there are many, many people, young people and old alike, who have either lost their soul, or have had great difficulty in their faith because of who they choose to, because of who they chose to marry. We're going to ask questions like, so, so what? What's I do for a living? I got to have a job, right? A career, uh, um, a, a way of life, a way of supporting myself. So, what am I going to do? Right? How? How? I mean, what? What, what am, am I going to? Um, Am I going to be a preacher? Have you talked to your sons about being preachers? Parents, only the best and the brightest. I'm dead serious about that. Only the best and the brightest. But if your child is the best and the brightest, I want to encourage you to encourage them to give their life to sharing God's Word. Our Heavenly Father had one son, and he was a preacher. We need more preachers in this world. We need more ministers of the gospel. I feel passionate about that. You don't have to be a preacher to go to heaven. I I totally get that. But we need more of that. And we need to encourage that, not discourage it. I think too often we've looked and we've said, well, they're our best and our brightest, so they need to do something important. They will do nothing more important than share the gospel. I believe that with all of my heart. I preached it to my son, whether he becomes a gospel preacher or not. That's going to be a fact. We need to preach that to our young people. That being said, not everybody's going to be a preacher, right? And we want to be really careful that we don't think the only way that I'm going to actually have something to do with the glory of God is to stand in front of a group of people and preach every Sunday. In which case, our services would be really long, right? So, so to understand whatever you choose to do, how is that going to impact the glory of God? Not just to our young men, but to our young ladies and to every person in this room who has a career who has a job there's something that you do on a daily basis martin luther martin luther talked about uh, talked about the idea of the mask of god you know b- before the protestant reformation that there was a, a strong division between between clergy and laity right we, we still have that ho- in hospital parking lots right there's clergy and laity um, there's doctors parking too, but that's something, that's a whole other sermon to talk about, okay? But, but there's this idea that the clergy, they're like the ones that are really close to God, and then laity, that's, that's everybody else, okay? But the, the Bible doesn't make that distinction. The Bible talks about a universal priesthood of believers. And, and so what, what Luther began to talk about what was whatever you're doing, Whatever you're doing in your life, I want you to think about that as as the hand of God, or as if you're wearing the mask of God. For example, the the farmer doesn't just the farmer doesn't just sow and then reap, right? I mean, there's so we got some farmers, right? Some cauliflower, as Heather likes to say. I thought it was cauliflower my whole life, but now I'm learning. They grow it, so I'm assuming they know, right? But 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 he would say, "Listen, as a farmer, it's not just like, yeah, I I I plant the stuff out there and then I will harvest the stuff." But but to rather saying, no, "God is providing for, God is providing food for the world through my hands." A lawyer doesn't just try a case; God is executing justice through them. A, a, a trucker doesn't just drive a route, but God is distributing products through them. You can just go that on and on. You go in terms of whatever you do, but it, it's all about mindset. It's all about perspective. I'm not just working a job. What a pointless way to live your life if you're just working a job day after day, hour after Some people do that. Listen, whatever you're doing, do, do more than just work a job. Work a job under the glory of God. Paul would say in Ephesians 6, verses 5 through 6, he said, Bondservants. servants, be obedient to those who you are or your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ not with eye service as men pleasers but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. He said, I want you to take your faith into your workplace. I want your faith to impact the role that you have at moody air force base and i wanted to impact the role that you have in your local bank i wanted to impact the role that you have in running your company but these are things that aren't going to happen accidentally choices have to be made we're going to make decisions about how we're going to use money any of y'all want money who here wants some money who here wants some money some of y'all got your hands down i think you're lying right? I, like, I, I mean, I like, I like money. In Ecclesiastes, in Ecclesiastes, the Bible says money is the answer to everything. You believe the Bible says that? You don't believe the Bible says that? Look it up. Look it up. You can use Google right now, okay? Money is the answer to everything. That's what Ecclesiastes said. What's he saying? I know the Bible says there's more, there's more to life than money, but he's trying to say, listen, if you got a problem... Money has a lot to do with almost everything we touch. Go ahead and try to put a roof over your head, over your, over your head with no money. Try, try, try to, try to, try to eat, eat some food. See, you're showing it to her right now. You're like, sure enough, the Bible does say that. There you go, wasn't lying. I like it when they check me, and I like it when they check me, and they find out he was right, right? But we've got to make decisions about what we're going to do with our money because you guys ever met people that were really bad with their money? You ever you ever seen people and sometimes I think we see this in people that have more money than us, and by that I mean they have money like I would like to have and and you think things like if I ever had their money, I would do y'all ever had you ever think that if I had their type of money, I wouldn't do what they're doing. I'd do this y'all ever had those conversations if you never had those conversations, it probably means man, you got a bunch of money okay but but most of us have had those conversations, and I got a bunch of money, and I have those, those conversations. What are we going to do with it? Well, at the core of these things, at the core of these things are passages like Deuteronomy chapter 8. You remember God is about to take them into the, into the land of Canaan. He's about to bless them like he hasn't blessed a nation in the history of creation. And, and he's about to give them this land and these houses and these fields and these cities that they didn't build and they didn't strive for. He's just going to bless them with it. And he says, listen, I'm going to warn you, here's the danger as a blessed people. Are you a blessed people? Are we a blessed people? Come on. Yeah. I've I've walked in the parking lot. I've seen what y'all drive, right? We are an incredibly blessed people. And that's not about a guilt trip. That's about let's make sure we, we thank God for those things. But he says, I want to warn you when you come into this place, lest you forget me. Lest you forget me. Because sometimes the more we have, the more we think we can take care of our own problems. And we forget about God. You don't believe me, go door knocking in a trailer park and then go, go door knocking at the country club and see if, it, see if you have a different experience. You're going to. You're going to because sometimes when you don't have a lot, you're forced to realize I need someone else. Nothing wrong in living either place. I'm just saying that we better have a good understanding of what we have. Otherwise, he says, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. We, we live in the land of the self-made man, don't we? Pick yourself up by your bootstraps, go to work, make something of yourself. Land of opportunity. You can actually do those things, right? There a lot of people in our nation, they don't have because they don't work. Well, the reason they don't have things is a lot to do with themselves. I, I believe that. But living in, the, living in this land where we have so much... You better be careful when you say, well, I did this and I did that. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you the power even to make wealth. Your wealth has more to do with God than it has to do with you. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? Honestly, whether we believe it or not, doesn't really matter. doesn't really matter. It's still true. God has blessed you. You've got to ask the question, why has God blessed you? Why has God blessed you instead of blessing somebody else? Somebody who has worked equally hard or maybe harder, but God's blessed you. Did it just because he liked you? Just because he wanted you to have a nicer car than everybody else? Is that why he blessed you? I doubt it. God blesses people for a reason. Go read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 about God's provision and how they should trust in God. I I mean, I don't know. We'll get into these things next week, but he says in, in the book of Malachi, he says, you've robbed God. And tithes and in offerings, so it starts that idea. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, biblically speaking, I'm gonna honor God with at least a tenth of what He's given to me. But, but that's like training wheel stuff. We got the all, all offerings of uh, what He says in 1 Timothy chapter six. I'm still gonna, I want to be a person who's generous and ready to share because I have so much. What are you gonna do with money, young people? Listen, you, you, I want y'all to listen to this because one day you're hoping to have money, right? Right, and you, your your parents are hoping. Your parents are hoping that one day you go to dinner and and, and you say, I got it, and they'll fall out in the floor right there the first time that happens, right? They'll fall out in the floor. But that's what you want to be. That's wonderful. But make some decisions now about how you're going to deal with those blessings that come before you. Okay, I'm not going to show somebody else's lesson. Will I pursue purity? Do you know that purity doesn't come accidentally? not to any person in this room, not to me, not to you, not, not, not to your mama and your daddy, not to your grandma and your grandpa Purity doesn't come accidentally. Every one of us drives a car that, that pulls into the ditch, okay? Every one of us. So if I'm going to be pure, if I'm going to be holy, that's only going to happen accidentally. Every one of us is just like Isaiah, right? When you stand before the Lord and all you're going to say is, I am so unworthy. I am such a sinful individual. You can take the most you need the best person in this room, and they go to the cross, they don't look good at the cross. That's, that's, why, that's why God's grace is so powerful to us. Well, we pursue purity? Well, two things have to happen. One, you're gonna to have to say no to certain things. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he said, flee fornication. Run away from it. There are these things in life that everybody else is running towards, you need to run away from. Everybody else is saying, this is great, this is fun. Everybody's doing it, not me. As for me in my house. We don't do those things. And your house may be a house of one, okay? It, for our young people, there comes this day where it's not just your daddy saying, ask for me in my house, and you've got to go along for the ride. Now, if you're in that, if you're in that position now, just be glad you've got a daddy that, that cares enough to, to lead you in those things. But one day, you're your own man. One day, your house is going to be you. You have to make those decisions. You're going to have to flee from those things. Hey, when certain things come come before our eyes, when certain things start start to being passed around at parties, when certain people start to do, so I'm not even going to fill in the blanks because we all know what it is. Okay, we must flee from those things, and then we must pursue holiness. We're not just people that you know the party you know. Let me tell you all the things I'm opposed to. That won't do you any good. The Bible says you can clean your whole house out and that evil spirit will leave you, will leave you and you'll be feeling pretty good about yourself and that spirit will come back, and will find a house clean and swept and it'll, listen, it'll be ten times worse than it was before because you, you let the vacuum. You've got to pursue holiness, sanctification. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. You've got to make some choices about, so what am I going to do with my time? Okay, so I'm not going to do this, not going to do that, not going to do this with my time, but what am I going to do with my time? Am I going to come to Yes Weekend? Am I going to come to Bible class? Am I going to have a Bible study with somebody? Am I going to take time to pray? I don't know. You've got to answer those questions, right? That's all part of pursuing holiness, because without those things, you, you, you won't be transformed into His image, and if you're not transformed into His image, no one will see the Lord. Man, we could go on and on, right? And I'm looking forward to some of these lessons. Uh, um, Brother Joe Wells and Matt Miller, who is a phenomenal speaker from the Tennessee area, is going to be with us. It's going to be a great weekend. But the whole thing is we're going to ask questions. And we'll probably ask some questions this next week that that hit right right in your life, right? Matter of fact, maybe some of these questions this morning have hit right in your life. And you're thinking about those things. You're convicted of those things. Answer the question. Answer the question. If you don't answer, you answered it. Okay, you got to answer these questions. But but there are going to be lots of questions that I, I maybe stuff going on in your life or my life. I I, I don't I don't know. But if we're a people who will seek first the kingdom of God, we will have a guide in whatever 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 we face. That says I want to pursue holiness. I want to be that person that when I make these choices about what I'm going to do here or not do there or be here or that my choice is going gonna, is gonna to involve God. It's not just going to be about me. The world says it's all about you. That is a fruitless way to live your life. It might be fun for a little while. It really might be. But I'm going to tell you, if you just pursue yourself and what you want and what you can get out of life, you're going to live a shallow life, and you're at some point going to be very disappointed and lonely. But if you pursue the glory of God, you will, you will always find peace, and you will always find joy. And you will always find a home in heaven above. That's the choice you have to make. There are some of you. There are some of you thinking about obeying the gospel. You got a choice to make. Can't do it for you. You have to decide. Well, some people. I wish some people. I wish I could decide for them. Aren't, aren't there people like that? I wish I could. There are some people. I wish I could just go shake them and make them do what's right. That wouldn't do any good. So I don't do it. Some people are bigger than me too, so I don't do it for that reason too. But but do you understand? At the end of the day, they've got to choose it. Oh, but when they choose it, what a beautiful thing that is. I can't make you repent, but you can choose it. I can't make you give your burdens to the Lord, but you can choose it. And I want to encourage you to choose the Lord. Choose Him in everything that you do. Choose Him even today. If you have a need, you come as we stand and as we sing.